Blog Talk Radio. All right, good afternoon, everybody, and Happy New Year. Happy 2016. Happy holidays. I hope you had a good time and all the best. Happiness, health, and a Stanley Cup for the Montreal Canadiens in the year 2016. My name is Chris G at ChrisG1980 on Twitter. And well, Lots happened for the Montreal Canadiens since our last episode before the holidays. So it's going to be a jam-packed show for you here in the next 60 minutes. And well, the Canadians, they're pretty much at the midpoint of the season. So coming up in about 20 minutes' time will be a special edition of winners and losers. Usually we do it for a period of one week. But in today's episode, episode 169, for the Saturday, January 2nd, 2016, it will be our winners and losers of the first half of the Canadian season. And, well, you can join in. You can let us know via Twitter, at Habs360. And you can also give us a call at one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five to let us know uh, who are your winners and losers of the Canadians from the first half. You can also participate in our Habs360 poll. Go to uh, Habs360 on Twitter. Our question for this week's episode, will the Habs get more points in the second half of the season than in the first half? So pretty simple question. The options are yes and no. It's pretty uh, lopsided on one end uh, so far. I'll talk about that, that poll and that topic later on today's episode. Like I said, you can also, whenever you like, via telephone or via our Twitter account. 
So the Canadians played seven games since our, our last live broadcast. And well, if we take a look at the scores, all these games were on the road for the Montreal Canadiens as they started their longest stretch away from the Bell Center of the season. And while it started off in Dallas, Canadians lost 6-2 to the Stars. Then they lost 5-1 to the Predators. They lost 2-1 to the Minnesota Wild. Then they went home, had some time with their families for Christmas. And then after that, they headed to Washington, where they lost 3-1 to the Capitals. Then they beat the Lightning 4-3 in their shootout. And then the following night, still in Florida. So not a deal, right? In December, especially at that time, in Montreal, we had a huge snowstorm, 39 meters. So the Canadians were nice and warm in the Florida area. But they lost to the Panthers, 3-1. to And then yesterday, New Year's Day, Winter Classic, the big game we've all been waiting for, Canadians all over the Boston Bruins by a score of 5-1. to So, any trends from uh, the games, from the scores that we mentioned? There was lots of losses. In fact, the Canadians have lost 11 out of their last 14 games. And in fact, the month of December with 11 losses was the most losses in months in Canadians history with 11. They went 3 and 11 for the month of December. Previous record was 10, and they did that four other times. It was in November of 2000, in December of 2000, in March of 1984, and in January of 1940. So it's not nothing that happens often for the Montreal but definitely, yes, it was a bad month of December for the Montreal Canadiens. You can look at it in another way. You can look at it as the Canadians have won two out of their last three games, right? That paints a much more positive picture for the Canadians. As to look at the last three games, it was their victory over the Tampa Bay Lightning in shootout. It was a loss against the Panthers and then the win against the Bruins yesterday at the Winter Classic. So look at it as a, any way that you'd like, either 11 losses out of 14, or you can look at it at two wins out of three. On Hatch 360, we're going to look at the whole picture and tell you uh, all our thoughts, the good points, and the uh, the bad things for the Montreal Canadiens because they definitely haven't been perfect even in the games that they've recently won. When we left you on uh, December 19th, in the standings, the Canadiens were first place with 43 points. They had a five-point cushion lead over the Boston Bruins and... Going down a little bit in the standings in the Atlantic Division, they had a seven-point cushion over the Florida Panthers. Forward to January 2nd, which is today, Canadians have a record of 22, 15, and 3, 47 points. So they accumulated four points since uh, our last episode. The Florida Panthers are one point behind the Montreal Canadiens, but the Panthers do have three games in hand over the Montreal Canadiens. And the Boston Bruins are three points behind the Canadiens, but they have three games in hand over the Bleu Blanc Rouge. 
the conference Canadians are third place behind the uh, Capitals and the Islanders. And once again, they played more games. They're the only team in the St. Louis Blues in the entire NHL reached the 40 game mark. The Islanders have two games in hand over the Montreal Canadiens, and the Washington Capitals have three games. So the way that it looks now, first, actually, I'll tell you, according to sportclubstats.com, Canadians have a 90% chance of making the playoffs. It's the lowest that we've seen since the beginning of the season, but it's still a good percentage. 90% chance is pretty good. Another team that was always on top of the Montreal Canadiens were the New York Rangers, and while they haven't gone through a good stretch either, and they've um, they've down to second place in the Metropolitan Division while the Washington uh, Capitals, sorry, make the Rangers make that third place in their division, and the Capitals they've been on fire, first place in uh, the Metropolitan Division, second place overall in the NHL. Closely at the standings, if all the teams that have the games in hand over the Canadians, if they win them all, we'll be looking at the Canadians fighting for a wild card playoff spot. Well, I wouldn't say fighting, they would be in a wild card playoff position. While the Canadians have been first place for almost the entire season up until the stretch. Here in December, and there was even a, at a point where the Canadians were no longer first place. The Florida Panthers did surpass them, and that happened in fact when the Panthers beat the Canadians earlier this week. And the Canadians actually did beat, go on top of the Florida Panthers with their victory 5-1 over the Bruins yesterday at the Winter Classic. The Panthers they're on a seven-game winning streak. Some things, some good things that we've seen over the Montreal Canadiens uh, since our, I'm, I'm focusing mostly since our last episode, which was on December 19th, which was episode 159. Well, some of the positive things that we've seen, obviously these are in no particular order. Well, a good thing is that the Montreal Canadiens beat the Boston Bruins last night, yesterday, I should say, in the Winter Classic. And it was a game where the Montreal Canadiens were the better team than the Boston Bruins. They deserved to win uh, to win that game. They deserved to be on top of the Montreal Canadiens, of the, of the Boston Bruins. But like I said, clearly the best team in the Winter Classic. Another positive what we saw, it was actually, again, from yesterday's game, Brendan Gallagher. He's back in the lineup, and while we're going to talk about that as well uh, later on in uh, today's episode, another positive point that we've seen is Max Pacioretty has scored in three consecutive games. Yeah, first one was the uh, shootout winner against the Tampa Bay Lightning, so you won't see it on the score sheet, but he did score after slumping. And while he was one of those players that had to be better for the Montreal Canadiens, so he scored a shootout winner against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, but then he did score against the Florida Panthers, and he scored yesterday against the uh, Boston Bruins. Another positive for the Montreal Canadiens, they scored the first goal in the last three games 
and this is following a stretch where the Canadiens hadn't scored first in their in the past seven games prior to that. So, which is good, and because we know how important the first goal in the game really is. A negative on that side is in the game against the Tampa Bay Lightning, they blew that lead and they were behind, and you had to catch up to tie the game in the third period to bring that game into overtime and into shootout. Some more positives. Condon has played well, I would say, in his last four starts. During that time period, in the last four starts, he's had a 926 save percentage, which is higher than his season average, because now in his season average, his save percentage is 907. So he's he's bounced back. And yesterday, too, against the Boston Bruins, he did have a, a good game. He had a quiet this period, but the Boston Bruins uh, in the second, third period took a lot more shots, a total of 28 shots. So he allowed one goal on the 28 shots against the uh, Boston Bruins. And in fact, this year, uh, the coach, Michel Terry, speaking about Michael Condon after the game. We knew it was an important game for us. First of all, like I said before yesterday, you know, uh, he certainly deserved to get the start the way that he, he played his last two games. And uh, we knew that, um, first of all, he was going to be ready. Uh, when you have a time that any player is uh, coming back home, uh, it's a special it's a special, special place for him. And um, uh, we all happy about the way that he performed. And, well, that includes me. I was happy with the way he performed yesterday at the Winter Classic and the games, I would say, since the Minnesota Wild game, even the game against the uh, the Capitals. He, he did have a good uh, start as well. But in the beginning of the month of December, he wasn't great. He wasn't the number one issue. If we talk about why the Canadians went on a streak of and the slump of losing 11 of the last 14 games, the number one reason, at least in my opinion, is not goaltending. Was it one of the reasons? Yes. Was it the number one? No, it wasn't. In fact, it led to the Canadians making a move to acquire another goalie, which we're going to touch upon uh, later on today's episode. One goal on the season. Goes across to Placement with a drive. Rebound for Carr. Tries to tuck it in, and he does. What a goal by Daniel Carr. Myers Heller comes off the boards with it. Heller in front. Here's a chance. Carr scores. Here's Markov with some room. Steps in. He shoots. Rebound. Scores. And the Canadians answer right back. Another positive from the Canadians' recent uh, struggle was the guy we just heard uh, scoring three goals since our last episode, Daniel Carr, scored against Stars, the Wild, and against the Capitals. So he's been really important. He's been played a key role for the Montreal Canadiens to the point where the Canadians thought more of Carr than Sven Andrigetto because Sven Andrigetto was uh, sent down to uh, the ice caps during this trip. And what has made Daniel Carr successful is he works hard, he gets dirty, he's not afraid to go in front of the goaltender getting the uh, the dirty goals. 
And well, in fact, since Daniel Carr has been playing on the top six, he's played on the line with uh, Lars Zeller and Alex Galchenyuk over the last couple of games. Well, that line has definitely uh, looked good during that uh, time span. Some of the concerns over the Canadians' recent struggles. Well, like I mentioned, Canadians have gone to a stretch where they've lost 11 of their last 14 games. Prior to the game against the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, Mark Bergevin met with the media in Tampa Bay to give his thoughts on the first half of the season. And, well, let's hear what uh, he thought on the Canadians' recent performances. I mean, the effort's been there. You know, we, we most nights we've been out out chancing other teams. Uh, and then it, it, it snowball as far as guys now are squeezing, just stick a little harder and maybe trying to get pretty goals instead of going in the hard areas and, uh, you know, getting some dirty goals. So I think it's a matter of time before we turn this thing around. I believe in this group. And uh, the same group that was 19 and four, uh, 4 or 5 minus Pricer and Galley, which are a big part of our team. But I'm not going to use excuses. A lot of teams are uh, getting through injuries. Losing your number one goalie hurts, especially he's probably one of the best in the business, but that's just who it is. Is it hurt? So Mark Bergeron, pretty positive at that time. And would you expect him to say the opposite? Would you expect him to say, well, our team sucks, we're not doing well, we're looking for some help? It could be the truth. Like It could be that Mark Bergeron is actually looking for some outside help. And he probably is. But if he'd come out publicly saying that his team sucks and he's looking for help, well, the other general managers would definitely uh, be taking advantage of him. Another concern of the Montreal Canadiens has been the lack of scoring. Prior to yesterday's game against the uh, Boston Bruins, the Canadiens have scored 10 goals in the last six games. And while the coach has kept saying it, and while if, if you do the research for uh, the results across the NHL, you know that it takes, on average, three goals a game to win. Not always the case, but if you score three goals a game, you're going to win more games than you're going to lose. So the Canadians were about eight goals shy of that target in six games, so that's quite uh, significant. The coach, prior to the game against the Washington Capitals, he was asked, what the Canadians do to work on improving the scoring? They, they need to score ugly goals. You know? And one one guy that uh, uh, really pay attention to that and the way that's the way he scores his goal is Danny Carr. And uh, it's not complicated. Uh, we're looking offensively way too much uh, for the perfect play and uh, with no result. We still we stay uh, way too much on the outside uh, with no result. We got to make sure that uh, we put our nose in the kitchen and, and pay the price a little bit more. So get some ugly goals is what the coach wants. And while there was a perfect example of that in the game against the Boston Bruins at the Winter Classic, there was a one point in the first period the Canadians were putting pressure. They had the puck. They had possession. They were taking shots. Dale Weiss took a shot, hit the post. So the shots were coming all over the place. And they they even drew a penalty on that play. And then, on the ensuing power play, Canadians had possession of the puck for almost the entire power play. And, well, 
there was no shots or I think there was one, but no dangerous situation. The Canadians kept passing. If you're looking at passes, Canadians had many passes during the power play, but no really dangerous scoring chances. And well, I, I agree with the coach on this one. The Canadians, to improve their scoring, they need to get the noses a little bit dirtier and go for those dirty goals, those garbage goals, like we like to call them, to help improve the uh, the scoring. Well, one more concern. The injury bug continues to haunt the Montreal Canadiens during this recent trip. Tom Gilbert, he he missed some action due to a lower body injury and is not expected to return uh, for the rest of the Canadiens' road trip. And then Dale Weiss, he got hurt uh, in the game against the uh, Boston Bruins yesterday. He left in the second period. And while it is an upper body injury and he'll be reevaluated in Montreal, Canadians not in action uh, today and they had a day off no practice. So we'll probably get news on Dale Weiss either uh, tomorrow on Sunday or uh, probably beginning of the next week because the Canadians are in a light part of their, of their schedule. Right now, they're playing the next game on Tuesday against the Philadelphia Flyers. So the Canadians, even though they went to this eight-game road stint, well, they came home during this road stint for Christmas, and actually they're back in Montreal right now for a couple of days before they head over to uh, Philadelphia. They're going to leave on uh, Monday. So a couple more times for, for the Canadians in Montreal, and they might get even a prize here at Brossard before heading out to play that those sorry that final game in the Canadians' road trip. Canadians halfway through their season, like I said. On the other side, in our next segment, I'll be we'll be evaluating their first half of the season, and I'll be announcing who are my nominees and my winners for the winners and the losers of the first half of the season. You can let us know who are yours via Twitter at Tab360, and you can also give us a call toll-free at 1-877-455-4945. And don't forget to vote in our poll question. Will the Habs get more points in the second half of the season than in the first half? This is the Habs 360 podcast featuring allhabs.net. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs 360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs 360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, 
or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas, sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on Habs 360. All right, welcome back to episode 161 of the Habs 360 podcast, Chris G at Chris G1980. And well, since it is the Canadians, they're halfway through their season, we'll be looking at the winners and the losers of the the first half of the season. So the way, if you, if it's your first time listening, three nominees, one winner for each of those categories. So let's get started. Here is my first nominee. Had trouble within the corner. Now he's got it. Alex Galchenyuk for Max Pacioretty. Pacioretty hands it off. Galchenyuk scores. Galchenyuk hands it out. Back of the line. Petrie hands it off for Markov. Back for Galchenyuk scores. And well, that's Alex Galchenyuk who scored his eighth and ninth goal of the season uh, recently against the uh, Nashville Predators and the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. And well, until the game against the Boston Bruins in the Winter Classic, it actually uh, he snapped a five consecutive game point streak. So he's been playing well. If you look at his stats so far in this. In the first half of the season, he has nine goals, 17 assists, so 26 points. So on pace for roughly 55 points, he's at minus two and a 51.2 face-off percentage. And well, considering that he it's his first year as a center, and in fact, hasn't played center in years, because even in his final year in the juniors, he was moved over to the wing by his team. And also considering his ice time, he's played 14.52 on average. That's about four less than uh, than Max Pacioretty. I think he's doing relatively well. Right? Max Pacioretty was played on average four minutes more than uh, Galchenyuk. Has an extra five points in the same number of uh, games. Well, Michel Terrier has taken a lot of heat when it comes to the ice time of Alex Galchenyuk. And just a rhetorical question, just something I'm throwing out there. We know that uh, players like uh, Markov, we've been asking, we've been wanting the Canadians to uh, reduce his ice time to uh, manage him better. Maybe Terry knows something that we know. Maybe Galchenyuk performs better with less ice time. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Just trying to find a reason here to uh, to support him. All right, our next nominee 
for winner of the week is a PK Subban. And well, I give him the his nomination for his work that he's done off of the ice. His donation that he announced uh, right prior to uh, the beginning of the season. And all the work that he's been doing with charity. We saw a video that was published, it was last weekend, last Sunday, where him, along with a couple of sponsors, they turned the atrium into a, a children's wonderland for the children at the Montreal Children's Hospital. So that is a great, great uh, move by uh, by P.K. Subban. I think he really deserves props for it. And if you haven't seen it, uh, you can go either on YouTube, social media, you'll be able to find uh, the video of P.K. Subban from, uh, from last weekend. And in fact, even the Hockey News, in their next edition, which uh, their January 25th edition, where they announced their money and power issue, is uh, they, they provide every year a hundred a list of 100 people of power and influence when it comes to hockey. P.K. Subban is number 10 on that list, uh, and mostly for his work that he's done off the ice and the way that he's been um, that he's marketable for the NHL. Comes to his on-ice performance. Well, let's say if the season would finish today, I wouldn't be expecting P.K. Subban to have a nomination for the Norris Trophy, and I think it's uh, I think that would be the right decision. I do expect more from him on the ice. He hasn't been bad. He's a lot better than most defensemen, but when it comes to P.K. Subban, I don't think he's been at his best. The next nominee, he is number seven on the Hockey News Money and Power issue, is Montreal Canadiens goaltender Carey Price. Are you surprised? He hasn't played for a while right now for the Montreal Canadiens. In fact, since the beginning of the season, Carey Price has played in 12 games. So he's missed most of the time. But one thing is obvious is that the Montreal Canadiens have missed him. I think they've missed him on the ice. And they've missed him for his leadership off the ice. Everybody knows, even the players have said it, that the real captain of this team is the Canadiens goaltender, Carey Price. On the ice, Michael Condon, he's been good. Like I mentioned earlier, his last four games have been good. But I think overall, he can be better. Well, I say he can be better, but comparing him to Carey Price, it's hard to live up to Carey Price's uh, standards. And while we're going in a funk like the Canadians have, where they've lost 11 of their 14 games, I think Carey Price definitely would have helped the Canadians get out of that slum. And if the Canadians had Carey Price in goal, like I said, no disrespect to Michael Condon, I don't think the Canadians would have been in uh, in that stretch. Another interesting stat, Carey Price has missed 17 games right now in his second injury stint, and the Canadians have allowed three or more goals in 12 of those 17 games. Okay? The coach says, if the Canadians score three or more goals, they're going to win more games than they lose. Well, here is the proof uh, for the opposite. They've allowed three or more in 12 games, and they've lost more games than they've won during the stretch. Earlier this week in Tampa Bay, 
Mark Bergevin gave a quick status update on the carry price's return. Well, nothing has changed. We said minimum six weeks. It's, he's not behind. Uh, there's nothing that uh, uh, that I've learned over the last week or so to say that price will be longer. So Mark Bergevin hasn't learned anything about the carry price if it's going to be longer. During the NHL Network's coverage of the Winter Classic, Kevin Weeks said that he has learned that it will be at least four weeks before Carey Price starts skating. So we're talking about another month. And then you know what that means. Once he goes on skates, if he goes to skate today, he won't be ready to start a game tomorrow. He'll need some practice time, maybe a couple of days, maybe even a week before he gets back uh, on the ice and playing. And well, other reasons is the um, the awards have been coming in to carry price. Uh, we spoke about um, last week, sorry, I should say two weeks ago, carry price won the Lou Marsh Award. And even this week, carry price was named the uh, Canadian Press, Canadian Athlete of the Year of 2015. So definitely a well-deserved nomination for carry price. And now our winner, who is the Canadian's winner of the first half of the season? Well, let's take a listen. Back in support of the defense and moving the puck out. Pacioretty wouldn't let it get up. McCannis waited for Pacioretty. Bouncing puck. They score. Brendan Gallagher. I mean, uh, the way the way the night went, uh, you couldn't really ask for anything more. I just think, you know, it was a great team effort. We all had so much fun. You can't undervalue, um, you know, the, the smiles that everyone had coming to the rink. Starting yesterday at practice, uh, you know, everyone everyone chipped in. It was a great team effort. And for me, coming back, I said I wouldn't come back if I wasn't able to contribute, and I was happy to, to be a part of it tonight. So there you go. Our winner for the first half of the season is Brandon Gallagher, who made his return yesterday in the Winter Classic. He has 10 goals. It was his goal number 10 that we heard, 11 assists. So that makes 23 points for Brandon Gallagher in uh Sorry, 10 and 11 makes 21 points, I should say. In 23 games played is what I should have mentioned. So that's almost a point a game. We're talking about if you would have played an 80-game season, an 80-point player. That doesn't happen often in the NHL, not anymore. So that's pretty impressive. And he always he brings a leadership. We were talking about dirty goals earlier in, in the episode Brendan Gallagher is definitely the Canadians' best player to be dirty and maybe even one of the best players, if not the best players in the NHL to do that. He got one goal, one assist in the game against the Boston Bruins. He assisted on the goal uh, that was scored by Max Pacioretty. And, well, if you looked at him play, I think Sportsnet did a good job on uh, isolating Brendan Gallagher. He looked normal. He took a beating. He was in front of Tuka Rask. Donald Chara was all over him. Took him, he wrestled him down, and then later on in the game, you still saw Brendan Gallagher poking away at the Donald Chara. In episode 159 of Hap 360, our poll question was, who did the Canadians miss most at that time? And well, the results finished 65% carry price 35% Brandon Gallagher. And in that episode, I told you that 
I'd be probably leaning towards Brendan Gallagher at that time. And well, you know, it's only one game. We're we're not gonna go overboard, but if we took that one sample, the one game sample size, it looks like the Canadians did miss uh, Brendan Gallagher. And boy, did the team look good. And the Canadians scored five goals in one game, and no empty goal or anything. Last time the Canadians scored five goals in a game, I'm looking through it now, was a game against the New York Rangers on November 25th, which in fact happened to be the last game that Carey Price uh, played. He didn't finish that game. It was He left after two periods, and while that was a... And Brendan Gallagher, it was his first game that he missed. So you can see how rare, how long it's been since the Canadians scored five goals in a game. So Brendan Gallagher is our winner of the first half of the season. If we move on now to the losers of the first half of the season, this is the last part. The less fun part of the segment because, well, we have to be negative here when it comes to the Montreal Canadiens, but we have to be realistic. We're Montreal Canadiens fans, but we try to be fair when things aren't going well. Things aren't going well, and we're going to be we're going to be fair about it. So the first nominee is Michel Terrier, and well, the reason why. That that he is one of my nominees is well the Canadians. They changed their lines during a, a December first game against the Columbus Blue Jackets, and in fact that was a game where the Canadians ended up winning two to one. Since that game, the Canadians went on a stretch of two and eleven. Right, we did mention it was their worst month of December in Canadians franchise history. The fact that Terry shuffled the lines is not the reason why he is my nominee. I think at one point it's good to try something different, but when it wasn't working, he should have gone back to them sooner, even without uh, even without Gallagher. Before we knew about Brendan Gallagher's return, my suggestions for the Canadians' lines were as follows. Pacioretty with Plakanitz and Sven Andrigato. Eller with Galchenyuk and Daniel Carr. Fleischmann, Dernay, and DeLuise. Then the fourth line would be Byron, Mitchell, Flynn, and DSP. So, okay to rotate either Byron, Flynn, and DSP into uh, that uh, that slot. You can actually see the tweet on the Habs 360 timeline that it's actually out there as the question was posed by one of our followers. And while what was the coach's excuse for not using it was the fact that Ben Gallagher wasn't there. Who knows? But, you know, I think at least it should have been tried. Have Sven Andrigato take his spot. And then at least try it. See how that goes. If it works, it works. It doesn't, it doesn't. Next nominee is uh, Jared Tenorti. And well... It's not because of his play on the ice. I think he's a loser of the first half of the season because, well, he only got to play three games in uh, out of the 40 of the Montreal Canadiens. Plus, he played a couple of games 
with the ice caps uh, as part of a conditioning stint. And while he did play his first games in the NHL this season, he started playing against Nashville and well, let's hear him after that game. You know, mentally, you know, you got to stay positive as much as you can. I think showing up to the rink every day, you know, you never know things change quickly in this game. So I think, um, you know, really I just wanted to let my work ethic, uh, you know, shine through every day that I wasn't playing. So I think Judge Nordy on the ice, he did play well considering the circumstances that he, he hadn't played a game in the NHL for, for so long. And, well, we're in January, we, we were asking questions about the team's intentions on Jared Tenorti in September when we started this season of Habs 360 and well, January 2nd. And if they're not clear to me, it's still very unclear of what the team's plans are with Jared Tenorti. Next nominee are the Terrian haters. So the Terrian haters, you know, uh, you know who you are. And... The reason why I'm nominating them is because, well, what happens is when the Canadians lose, it's always Michel Therrien's fault, regardless of what happens. And when the Canadians win, he never gets the credit. It's because Carey Price is in goal, it's because of uh, Max Pacioretty's on fire, it's because of this, it's because of that. When the Canadians win, it's not because of Michel Therrien. But when the Canadians lose, oh, it's because of Michel Therrien. It's not about Thomas Plakanitz, who had scored like one goal in 20 games or the same thing for Max Pacioretty, etc. It's Michel Therrien's fault. One thing to note for the Therrien haters is that Michel Therrien, he's not getting fired right now. We heard Mark Bergevin in Tampa Bay. He said that it has never crossed his mind. I don't think that Michel Therrien deserves to get fired. If you look at the wins and losses of the team since he's taken over, there's no reason to fire Michel Therrien. And he's not going to get fired while two of their best players were injured. Brendan Gallagher, who's, who came back at the Winter Classic, and Carey Price. If the Canadians would have gone through this stretch, 11 of 14 games where they've lost, and Carey Price and Brendan Gallagher were playing, different story. I don't think that uh, Michel Therrien would have survived. And in fact, I did read, I'm just going to, I'm looking for my notes over here, that the last time the Canadians went through a stretch of losing 10 of 11 games, which happened in 2000, Alain Vigneault was the coach of the Canadians. He was fired and replaced by Michel Therrien. So some people were hoping that that trend would continue, but definitely it doesn't, and it shouldn't. And well, our loser for the first half of the season, he's ranked number 28 on the Hockey News Money and Power issue, is the Canadian general manager, Mark Bergevin. He didn't have a good off-season. He signed Jeff Petrie early on. I think that was a good move. And then, well... Even in our our um, first episode of the season, when the Canadians had signed Alex Semin and Zach Cassian, well, they, they traded for Zach Cassian, so that Mark Bergevin would either look as a genius if they both worked, or he'd look real bad. And well, 
fast forwards, he's not looking good when it comes to those moves. And don't get me wrong, I did say back then that the Alex Semin deal was a good risk for the Canadians. I still do think it was a good risk that he took. And I'm pretty confident that Alex Semin wasn't uh, Mark Bergevin's plan A. It was nothing else was working. He was looking to find other players. He wasn't successful. And while well, he had to settle for uh, Alex Semin. And while Canadians have been looking for a top six forward, preferably on the right wing side where the weakness is, and while well, he hasn't been able to find that, and while well, we saw how much that has missed during Brendan Gallagher's absence. So for that, I think my winner, well, my winner for the loser of the first season for the Montreal Canadiens is our general manager, Mark Bergevin. Don't get me wrong. Mark Bergevin doesn't deserve to get fired. He just think he just needs to get better in the, in the second half of the season to help the Canadians. If he wants to bring the Canadians to that Stanley Cup, make them a serious contender, he needs to make a couple of moves to bring in the uh, top six forward that is missing. So there you go. So our winner is Brendan Gallagher. Our loser of the first half is Mark Bergevin. Let us know what you think. Let us know who your nominees are. Or via Twitter at Tab360, or you can give us a call at toll free 1 877 We'll be taking a look at your tweets and your phone calls on the other side of the break. We'll also talk about Zach Kazian trade. Canadians acquired a goaltender, Ben Scrivens. And while Canadians have a lot of defensemen, we'll touch upon that as well. This is the Habs 360 podcast featuring all Habs.net. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com. Habs 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Hi, I'm Chris G. The Hab360 Podcast and Anthony from R2Canvas.com are pleased to announce the return of the Habs contest this season and will give you the opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of R2Canvas.com. Listen to the Habs360 Podcast and follow Habs360 and Habs Happy on Twitter as more details on the Habs contest will be announced soon. For high-quality canvas art at a reasonable price, visit R2Canvas.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. 
This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. All right, it's episode 161 of the Habs 360 podcast. Chris G at Chris G, 1980. Happy New Year. All the best for the year of 2016. And, well, my nominees, if you just joined us, for winner and losers of the first half of the season, for the winner was Brendan Gallagher and the loser was uh, Mark Bergevin. And while it's here, uh, a couple of your responses via Twitter on who are your best and worst of the first half of the season. You can also give us a call toll free one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five to weigh in. First week comes from Angelo from the Maryland, Virginia area. And he says his worst is Alex Semin, and his best is Dale Weiss. So Alex Semin, I think that's definitely a good uh, nomination. He was acquired to be a top six forward for the Montreal Canadiens, but we have to be realistic. That's what we wanted him to be, based on what we saw in the last couple of years. Was it realistic? that uh, he would be a top six forward. It was a gamble Mark Bergevin took, and, well, it didn't work out. When you look at Dale Weiss, Dale Weiss has definitely been a surprise on my end. He has 11 goals in 40 games, so he's on pace for about 22, 23 goals down in the, in the last couple of games. And, well, Dale Weiss right now, he's out with, a, uh, with an upper body injury. He was going to be reevaluated in Montreal. And, well, what would the lines be? He's had success when he's played with Fleischman and David Dernet. So now what do you, I think there's one or two options that the coach has. As I mentioned, Canadians should not break up the other lines because of this injury. At least try to keep them as consistent as they can. So my recommendation would be you either slot in Devante Smith-Pelly with uh, Dernier or Fleischman, or if you're going to call somebody up, you're going to call up Sven Andrigetto and you slot him at that uh, spot and then see how that goes. And then if that doesn't work out, well, that's where maybe you bring in somebody from the fourth line, like a Byron, who had two goals yesterday in the Winter Classic, or you can even bring up uh, Brian Flynn to take his spot. So thank you very much for the tweet, Angelo. Next one comes from uh, MP, Mart from Montreal. His best player has been Gallagher, so I'm glad he agrees. And his worst is Alexi Emelin on defense. And Emelin sat out a couple of games recently. And, well, we'll, we'll talk about that in uh, in a minute or two. Uh, don't forget also to vote on our poll question on Twitter, at Habs360. Will the Habs get more points in the second half of the season than in the first half? The tweet comes from Scott Thompson from uh, Parts Unknown. He decided to reply to the poll instead of voting for it. He writes, depends on if Mark Petrovay actually does anything. So we'll see. In Tampa Bay, he sounded like he was he the message he gave to players was this is a team that we started off with, this is a team that he has confidence in. But like I said earlier, 
he can't say the opposite if he's actually looking to improve his team because then, well, other GMs will definitely give him a call and not for the right reasons. Next tweet comes from Great McCracken, also from Parts Unknown. His Ivy picture is a Sudbury, um, so maybe he's from New York. His best players, Gallagher, Condon, Byron, and Galchenyuk. So those are definitely some good uh, nominations. Gallagher, definitely I agree with. Byron, to me, is a surprise. I hadn't heard of him before the Canadians acquired him, but he's been playing well. Worst, Plekanec, Dernay, and Pacioretty. And then because of his lack of leadership in December. So that's kind of harsh. I find that Max Pacioretty is uh, is named for uh, for worst. It's his first time as a captain. He wasn't a slump in the month of December. Uh, but I do understand why you would be disappointed from him during the stretch. I also give honorable mentions to Daniel Carnes, Ren Andrigetto, which are both uh, well-deserved. Next tweet comes again from Scott Thompson from Parts Unknown. And this is a, about Mark Bergevin. He writes, Habs need scoring right winger. And WTF is Mark Bergevin going to do? He writes, F all, it seems. So Scott Thompson hasn't been impressed, it looks like, from Mark Bergevin uh, in the last stretch. And he, as well, is looking for a, um, for a solution by the general manager. So thank you very much for your tweets. Keep them coming at Habs360. And you can also give us a call at 1-877-455-4945. Speaking of Mark Bergevin, he did make a move as soon as the holiday freeze was off on Monday. Canadians acquired Ben Scrivens, the goaltender from the Edmonton Oilers, who was playing in the AHL in return for Zach Cassian. And well, let's hear Mark Bergevin, his comments on Cassian. We acquired uh, Zach in the summertime, and we all knew, when I say we, I said me and the team, we knew the what happened in the past in Buffalo and Vancouver, and we're willing to give him a chance, uh, and things didn't work out that way. I mean, Zach, you know, obviously needed help, and he went out and got help. And, well, we're... So does this sound like this was a hockey trade? It doesn't sound to me like it was a hockey trade. So just like we mentioned in the last episode when Christian Thomas was uh, was dealt to the Coyotes and I was questioning whether this is a hockey trade or not and I got, I could say, ripped from a couple of people. Well, does this sound like a hockey trade? It definitely doesn't sound one to me. All right. So, Bergevin, tell us why you acquired... Ben Scrivens on a trade from the Edmonton Oilers. And an important note on that trade, the Edmonton Oilers do keep 24% of the Ben Scrivens' salary. So therefore, when it comes to the cap hit for both teams, they are pretty much a wash. So let's hear the GM. Uh, but again, we, we have two young goaltenders in uh, Ticker and, uh, and Mike with not much experience. So we're bringing a guy with more ex- initial experience and I guess I'm preaching from my own, but I think Stefan Wade is one of the best goaltender uh, coach in the league. 
and there's a lot of good ones, but obviously I'll uh, for Steph. And if he could just, you know, make some adjustment with, with Ben and bring him uh, the goaltender he was once before and he could be again, then give us some help while Kerry uh, comes back. Well, the original time frame for Kerry Price's injury was six, approximately six weeks. He got injured during the, at least he left for the third period of the November 25th game between the Canadians and the Rangers. So if you add six weeks to that, we're probably looking one week or two weeks away before Carey Price comes back. And we haven't seen him hit the ice. Or did they mean six weeks before he hits the ice? We don't know because the Canadians haven't been very transparent when it comes to the Carey Price injury. So is that the reason why Ben Scrivens was acquired? Like Rick mentioned earlier, in the, when the when the injury was first announced for Carey Price, Canadians could be looking for a more experienced goaltender because, well, Tukarski, Tukarski it's definitely the Canadians don't have any confidence to him, and he was sent down to the AHL as soon as the trade was uh, was announced. Michael Condon does it. Ben Scrivens does. He's been a good goalie in the past. He's played with the Kings. He's played with the Leafs. He's played with the, uh, the Oilers. So maybe it's a backup plan that the Canadians went to acquire in Ben Scrivens. Well, his first game against the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Canadians did lose, but Ben Scrivens did have a game. Let's hear how you felt. I felt pretty good. Um, you know, I got tested early, and uh, I, thought I, I thought I handled it well. Um, you know, obviously there's uh, stuff to build off of and uh, the pace of play and uh, <clears throat> the skill level at the, the NHL level is obviously a step above. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously stuff to build off of, but overall, uh, just personally, I thought it was a, a good start. I thought uh, made some good saves and, uh, you know, battled. So that was all, all I was trying to accomplish out there. And I mentioned that it was against Tampa Bay, but in fact it was against the Florida Panthers. And if you haven't seen it, go watch that save on Yarmir Yager. Boy, it was spectacular by Ben Scrivens. He did have a great game against the Tampa Bay Light against the Florida Panthers, even though he was on the losing side of that game. And we should see Scrivens play one of the two games. Canadians playing back-to-back games on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, so he should start uh, one of them. Another situation that caught my eye was the Canadians on uh, defense. Mark Barberio was called up when uh, Tom Gilbert was injured. And well, he's had a regular spot on the Canadiens' uh, roster since then. He's even been playing over Craig Patteron. He's been playing over uh, Jared Tenorti. Well, in one, in the, he was even played over Alex Yamlin for a couple of games. We already had a lot of questions when it comes to Canadiens' defense before Mark Barberio was called up, and well, with Mark Barberi's call-up, with Alexi Hamlin sitting out, with Pattern sitting out, to Nordy sitting out, we still have, I still, at least personally, I still have a lot of questions when it comes to uh, the Canadian situation on uh, defense. What happens when Tom Gilbert comes back? Right, he was ruled out for the game against uh, on Tuesday against the Flyers. What happens when he, you know, when he comes back? Somebody has to go down. Barbario, if he gets sent down, 
I believe. Oh no, he doesn't. He doesn't need to go through uh, through waivers because he already has gone through waivers. Are the Canadians in a in the process of preparing a trade? There must be, right? Canadians out. How long can you go with all these defensemen on their roster, especially when you have a need up front to get to a, uh, to get some more scoring, to get a top six forward? They have all these defensemen. Something definitely has to give. So that's something that we'll be keeping an eye out, and who knows? Maybe something will happen this week. If you go to our poll question, Canadians are halfway through. Uh, they're pretty much halfway through the regular season, and while they've collected 47 points in uh, 40 games, so they're on pace for, I would say, 96 points, which is pretty low, right? I think that's yeah, pretty low. But they're so first place in the division, so a lot of parity in the NHL this year. So our poll question is, will the Habs get more points in the second half of the season than in the first half? 78% of our respondents have said yes. 22% have said no. Well, on my end, I would vote yes on this question. I think they will get more points in the second half. Because there's no way they're going to lose. They're going to go through another stretch of losing 11 of 14 games. If they do, regardless if Carey Price is back or not, Michel Bergevin, uh, sorry, Michel Terrier, I should say, will no longer be the coach of the Montreal Canadiens. They went through it once. They won't go through it twice. This is regardless whether or not uh, Carey Price is back in the lineup. Canadians playing two games, so it's a, it's a quiet a couple of days for the Montreal Canadiens when it comes on the ice. There's no game on a Saturday night for them. Next one comes on a Tuesday. In Philadelphia, the Canadians will end their eight-game road trip in Philadelphia at 7.30 p.m. Eastern start as they face the Flyers, a game that could be seen to viewers in Belleville East on Sportsnet East and on RDS. And then Wednesday night, Canadians back at home at the Bell Center. Note the start time, a 7 o'clock Eastern start against the Devils. Again, it could be seen coast-to-coast on Sportsnet and in French for only for viewers in Belleville East on RDS. So hopefully the Montreal Canadiens will start off the new year 1-0. Let's think of it that way. Let's think of the Canadians having won two of their last three games and Brandon Gallagher's back. He's made an impact. Let's see it continue. Carey Price should be back sometime in the month of January. And I really do think the Canadians will have a better second half than he did in the first half of the season. And there's no danger. I'm still not worried about the Canadians making the playoffs. I think that's pretty much a given for the Canadians, even though they went through this stretch of 11 of 14. Because it's still quite impressive that the Canadians... Have lost 11 of the last 14 games, and they're still first place in their division with a very respectable 22-15 and three record. So thank you, everybody, everybody who sent out their tweets to us, everybody who responded to the poll question. If you haven't, there's still time for you to vote. And if you missed part of the episode, don't forget you can go to allhabs.net on the podcast page and you'll be able to access our archives. 
My name is Chris G at Chris G1980. Thank you for listening. Once again, Happy New Year, and we'll be back next Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern, for another edition of the Habs 360 Podcast. Have a good week. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.